0: Isn't it great to think back how God is blessed, and uh, what a wonderful thing to realize that uh, He has kept us, you know? Um, certainly, oops, I'll tell you about that later. That's another surprise. You can't know. Okay. Um, yes, to think back. I mean, I looked, some of you look a little different than you used to. I noticed that. Yeah. Apparently, I used to have a mustache. I don't even remember having that thing. <laughs> Wow, he probably ought say, glad he got rid of that thing. Man, wow. All right. Well, the um, 100 years, my, you know, for us, that's such a long time. Um, I have a friend who just turned 98, and I was thinking about her <laughs> having lived 100 years almost, and uh, my mother just turned 91. So I know people that have gone a long time, but, uh, you know, it, it is... It is a big change from 100 years ago to today, Uh, and we thank God. You know, this church has stood uh, for a century of serving Christ, and so today and throughout this year, uh, we're going to be celebrating our history. We're going to have different people coming to share from some things from the past, um, and most of all, focus, of course, on God's faithfulness, but I I was wondering what it was like 100 years ago, and um, the good thing is we have Google, so I... (laughs) I went on to Google, right, and they could show me some things. So here's some things that happened on the world scene in 1923. In 1923, the King Tut Burial Chamber was opened. All right, we now know about King Tut. The first home game was played at the original Yankee Stadium. That's when they moved to the Bronx. They played in the polo grounds before that with the Brooklyn Dodgers, okay, but then they had their own stadium, all right? You remember that? No, you don't? Okay, good. All right, Uh, one-third of Tokyo was destroyed by an earthquake. Wow. It was the first issue of Time magazine. And a whooping cough vaccine was developed, still working on vaccines, okay? And uh, President Warren Harding died in office. And uh, the vice president, Calvin Coolidge, became the president. Adolf Hitler led the Nazi party in a failed coup attempt in Germany, Uh, preceding a lot of things to happen, obviously. And in Canada, insulin was used for the first time for diabetes treatment, and the Republic of Turkey was established. In 1923, the top movies were The Ten Commandments and The Hunchback of Notre Dame, okay. And the top songs, Yes, We Have No Bananas, a great one. Yeah, you'll like that one. Okay. And the March of the Wooden Soldiers. Okay. Walt Disney Company was founded. He and his brother founded their company in 1923. The life expectancy in that time, men 56.1 years, women 58.5 years. Women still are outliving men. Okay. that's still true. Um, the NFL champs. This means something to me because I lived for many years in Canton, Ohio. The Canton Bulldogs. You probably wonder why the Pro Football Hall of Fame is in Canton, Ohio. Thus, there was a team there, one of the early teams in the NFL. Um, annual wages. I thought it was a little high. I was surprised in 1923 the annual wages were 32,26, average wages. But you know, this was the roaring 20s. This was just before the Great Depression. So things were going pretty well in that culture of that day. Um, A Chevrolet Roadster you can buy for $570. Yeah, get me one, you say, all right, yeah. A dozen eggs, I knew this would be important today, a dozen eggs. 55 cents, yeah, okay. The other day I I filled out some kind of a survey at Wise so I could get my eggs for $1.45 instead of $4.80 or whatever it was, yeah. All right, and uh, a new house, average price $6,800. Again, I thought that was kind of high. My dad bought a house in 1950, 1950 actually, and it was like 6,800 hours in. So I think what happened is the uh, economy tanked, (laughs) you know, and uh, coming back up. The church in 1923 was facing a faith crisis. There was a strong movement away from a commitment to the Bible as the Word of God. The influence of science was taking precedence, And the understanding of truth was becoming (laughs) man-centered. Sound familiar? The fundamentalist modernist controversy was at its height in 1923. What the liberals wanted to do was simply accommodate Christianity to the pressures and to the tastes of the age. To simply bring, as it were, Christianity into the 20th century. A Princeton Seminary professor named J. Gresham Machen saw things differently, and rather than accommodate Scripture to the pressing cultural issues of the day, Machen thought that we should submit ourselves to Scripture. He said, Scripture stands over us, it governs us, and it guides us, not the other way around. In his book, Christianity and Liberalism, Machen stated, There are two ways to look at this. One is to, just again, be driven by the pressures of the day. The other, it is to be driven by Scripture. Machen eventually left Princeton and went to found Westminster Theological Seminary. So you kind of see what happened there. It was at this time in 1923 that a group of Christians began to meet in a home in Carlisle, determined to stay true to the Scriptures, and to declare the true gospel of Jesus Christ, determined not to adjust God's Word to the day, but believing that God's Word was the standard that we should live by. And that group eventually became what was called initially the Full Gospel Tabernacle. That was our first name. I remember reading that when I was uh, candidating, so to speak, and thinking, oh, wow, this church started as a Pentecostal church, because that's what that meant to me when I read it, and probably you too. But you know, in doing this digging, I can't tell you uh, specifically, but I would say that we're probably pretty close on. Brian uh, Nickel, one of our elders, he has an aunt who uh, is in her 90s, and she remembers some things. Not the very beginning, but she was hearing stories, and she said very clearly, the church was never a Pentecostal church, but I believe that the name was chosen to make a clear statement in the day that they were living in, that we are a church that is about the full gospel as taught in the Word of God and not to be changed by the thinking of the day. That's our foundation. That's who we are today as a new name, Community Christian Fellowship. The awareness of the current battle of conservative versus liberal, I believe, influenced the founders of this church as they made it clear that they were dedicated to teach, and preach and live by God's word. Eventually, as I mentioned, the, the name changed. It changed to Grace Tabernacle, eventually Community Baptist, and uh, now Community Christian Fellowship. Next month, Brian's gonna do a history for us on, on this, so we'll be having that shared on a Sunday. To give some more detail. But today, we find ourselves 100 years later still committed. The Bible as God's holy word and the foundation of saving faith and holy living. We believe that the changes in our culture do not overrule God's word and that God's word is living and active and speaks to every generation with the wonderful message of God's love and grace shown to us through Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate 100 years, we want to continue to be open to hear from God through his word, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. The committee that I mentioned earlier chose a verse for us for this year, and you see it on our display here, and there's one in the hallway Colossians 2 7. Today, I want to preach from that verse, but actually, I would like to use verse 6 as well as verse 7 because they really complement each other. So, uh, the passage today is Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving. The message that Paul gives to the Colossian church in this passage is to continue to follow Jesus. And we are told how to do so. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to follow him. How did you accept Christ Jesus as Lord? What were the ingredients in that occasion? that situation I'm sure all of our testimonies are unique I mean God loves each one personally God comes to us by his spirit and through the teaching of his word and, and and through circumstances to bring us to himself but you know there are things that are the same for all of us when it comes to coming to know Christ Jesus as Lord we have to come to a place where we realize our need of Him. We have to come to a place where we realize that we are far from God and lost without Him. And we have to come to a place where we realize that Jesus is God and the only solution to our sin problem, and that He died on the cross, that He might pay a debt that we could not pay. And so we must come to a place of repentance, telling God that, we're sorry for our sin. We must come to a place of humility and submission to say, Lord, take over. I've failed. I need you. And we must say, Lord, have your way in me. Those are basic principles, aren't they, of us following Jesus Christ as Lord. And there is an initial birth that takes place in us as Christians. We're born again by the Spirit of God when we truly come to faith in Christ. Our lives are changed. But this passage says that we are to follow Christ in the same way that we came to him. You know, it's not a once and done thing, by the way. Certainly, we're born again. We become alive, but we're not mature yet. We got a long ways to go. There's a lot of stuff that God's still working on, still true until we're in heaven, okay? And so the way to follow him, the way to walk with him is the same way as we accepted Jesus as Lord. And that is to say every day, probably every second in some ways, Lord, I need you. I'm lost without you. You are the only Savior. Take over in my life. I yield myself to you. That was true in 1923. It is true in 2023. It'll be true in whatever years are still to come. This is the truth of God. And this is how we continue to follow Jesus. And so he speaks to them in verses preceding this. Actually, if you look back to chapter 1, verse 23, Paul says, never stop following Christ. Verse 23, we read, You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Yeah, never stop following. And and remember, we need to finish well. It's not just about beginning in Christ. It's about living in Christ and dying in Christ and living with him forever. Paul points to that In verse 28 of chapter 1, preceding this passage, we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's the goal. We're pushing on, we're pressing on to present all to God, perfect in our relationship with Christ. Now in verse 7, our verse that we have for the year, we are told to let it happen. (laughs) <laughs> let this happen. You know, we do have a role, don't we? I mean, God is the one who does the work. God is the one that changes our lives. We, we, we do recognize that we cannot do it without him, but that does not take away responsibilities that we have to yield ourselves to him, to really let it happen. It, it's kind of simple, but complicated at the same time. <laughs> it, it's simple in the sense that, well, yeah, just let it happen. But boy, you know, we we are kind of tough, tough creatures, tough characters. Sometimes uh, we kind of get stuck. Uh, we we uh, we know that there should be change, but we don't always want to let it happen. <laughs> you know, we we have to be many times convicted by the Spirit. Many times we have to even go through tough times for the Lord to speak in ways that we weren't hearing otherwise. But our role, at some point, no matter what's going on, is to let it happen. And, and what he says to do is to let your roots grow down into Jesus. Let your roots grow down into Jesus. The nourishment of a plant, you know, or a tree, kind of strange, I've think about it. You know, here are these roots down in this dirt. But those are the places where the nourishment comes from for the plant. You cut those roots off, that thing is going to dry up. It's not going to continue to be nourished. Well, it's the same in our lives, right? If somehow our connection with Christ is severed in some way, whether it's by our disobedience, whether it's by our doubts, whether it's just about by our stubbornness, whatever it might be, where we grieve Him, we were in a dangerous spot. <laughs> we're losing and not gaining. We're, we're, we're drying up. We're, we're not nourished. The nourishment comes from Him. Uh, we're going to be speaking uh, on some words of Jesus through February and March as He gives His farewell address and, uh, in the book of John. And, and one of those passages that we'll be in is the one where He tells us in John 15 that that He is the vine and, and we are the branches. He, he's the vine that actually is down into the deep parts that brings us the nourishment. We're just out here. We, we, we need Him. If we're separated from the vine, we're in trouble. Let your roots grow down. A deep connection with Jesus is important for us to not become stagnant, or even dead in our faith, but to grow into all that God has for us. You know, it's in those unseen areas, like the buried part of the roots, that we're strengthened to become fruitful. It's those unseen places where our roots grow down into Christ. It's those prayer times by yourself where nobody sees. It's reading God's Word regularly with an open heart to really not only hear from Him, but to submit ourselves to Him, to to let His Word nourish us. It's opening our hearts daily to the movement of the Holy Spirit, asking Him to fill us afresh. It's confessing in private, to the Lord, not, doesn't that have to be with a, another person, although sometimes God does use that, but you know, we can confess openly, we have a mediator, we're right direct with God through Jesus, and we can come and say, hey, and you know, in your confession, we've talked about this before, but in your confession, it's not a time for you to be miserable, but it's a time for you to be set free. God has already forgiven you, he just wants to reestablish that relationship that you feel has been harmed by your activity and attitudes. So come to Him in those private times and be honest before God. He already knows and let Him change you. It's in those quiet times alone, often in the depths of our thoughts and emotions, that we find our roots going deeper into Jesus. Second thing He says is that we're to let our lives be built on Jesus. Most important part of a building is a foundation. Uh, you saw some pictures of this particular structure being built back in 1989. I've uh, been reading a little bit on some of the uh, church meeting notes back then. Uh, it's not always easy to get to a new place. <laughs> some of you might remember some of those meetings. Uh, and some. It's interesting, the votes were usually negative for quite a while. And then finally, the church uh, took a step of faith. Finally, there was enough people that said, yes, to borrow all that money. It was a big step. But you know God blessed that step. God blessed that step. In seven and a half years, a 15-year mortgage was paid off. Praise God. We're rejoicing in the Lord, aren't we? That's what this is a celebration is about. God has done great things. We're here today because some people took a step of faith. And God supplied the funding for them to do what they said they believed he would allow, enable them to do. You still believe that's true? I do. We need to remember sometimes what he's done so we will do today what he wants us to do. That's the process. So we need to build a foundation on that solid rock of Jesus. Just like this building, we thank God that whoever the engineers were and the uh, development company and all the people that built the foundation did it right. We've been standing on this property for many years now and it hasn't moved. Right, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Suddenly it did then. But you know, we don't even think about the foundation, do we? We just come on in. But if it wasn't for a firm foundation, the other things, the things that we do see, wouldn't be standing and usable. Yeah. All right. So we need to let our lives then have a good foundation. What is the good foundation? Well, the good foundation is Jesus. Jesus. He very clearly says that. Not only do we let our roots grow down into Jesus, but we also let our lives be built on him. You know, Jesus talked about that. You probably sang about it in Sunday school one time, right? House built on the rock, house built on the sand, rain came down. Remember all those? Okay, all right. We're not going to sing it. It's okay. All right. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, he says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock, (laughs) the strongest foundation possible on this earth, bedrock. We sang about that. Yeah, Christ is my sure foundation. He's the rock on which I stand. Yeah, and He won't let us go. He is our strength. An old hymn that I remember, okay, some of you might, the church's one foundation, is Jesus Christ our Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. That's our foundation, Jesus. Foundation of us as a church together, certainly a foundation for us individually as followers of Jesus. Build your house upon the rock of Jesus and his word. I have been so blessed as a person to have had the benefit of of growing up in a house, certainly had trouble sometimes, but the emphasis was building the house on Christ. And God brought me to himself through the influence of my family. And I can tell you that we have not done everything perfect, but as we review our lives, Betty and I were just talking about that this, last night, that God has been faithful and he is our rock and our fortress, and at times when we didn't know we could even make it, we look back now and say, yes, he did it. He has kept us, and he continues to do so. Dear friends, he is your rock. He is your foundation. And no matter what comes, even though it feels like you're going to drown or the wind's going to blow you away, it will not win. He has already won for you. Believe him trust in him. So as we let our roots grow down, as we let our lives be built on the rock of Christ, then we're told in this passage that our faith will grow strong in the truth and we will overflow with thankfulness. Now notice it says here, your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. It's been God's plan throughout time that He does raise up teaching for us to help us to grow. And that's one of the great heritages here at this church. Yeah. As I look back over the histories that we've read, you know, certainly there's been struggles here and there, but there's one thing that's been true, and every leader that you've had here has been committed to, Elders, pastors, to teaching God's word as his word. To not get caught up in that liberal controversy, so to speak, but to maintain that truth. So it's the truth you were taught. How do you know it's the truth? Well, you check it out. <laughs> God's given us his word. You check it out. You know, Paul was never insulted when there was a group of Bereans that went home and studied to see if what he said was true. Matter of fact, he said they were good. That was the ones we want. Don't believe it just because somebody says it, although thank God that the Lord does give us teachers that teach us the truth. But teachers that teach the truth need to be humble, too, and realize that they're just people and that we need to make sure that we're true to the word of God. And that's what we do together as a a flock. (laughs) You know, certainly I have the privilege of, of preaching here. But the key is not me. The key is not the preaching. The key is us together. The key is us hearing God's Word and applying it and building our lives on His foundation. And as we do, then our lives, our faith will grow strong. I hope that as you think back, over a period of time in your life, whether it's five years, 10 years, whatever it might be, that you can say, wow, I can see that God is strengthening my faith. You know, there were things before that would have kind of shook me a little more than they do today. I find that true. I mean, it's almost like, it's not like you get like, I don't care, but it gets to a place where you say, well, we've been through this before. Lord, you're still the same trust in you, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And it's not insanity. It's not like uh, just denying that things aren't real. It's really trusting the truth of God. Our faith grows stronger. And don't you love the last part of this verse? The last part of this verse that you will overflow with thankfulness. You ever met a thankful person you didn't like? I've met a lot of unthankful people I don't like. There's something about thankfulness that is just very pleasant, (laughs) attractive, healthy, fresh, resilient. (laughs) That's who we become when we let our roots grow down into Christ, and our lives are built on Him as our foundation. That's an evidence of our growth in faith, that our lives are overflowing, not just once in a while. Thank you, Father, for the food. Amen. But overflowing with thankfulness. Can you be thankful in the midst of a situation that you do not like and it is killing you in some ways emotionally, I believe you can. Not because of the situation, but because of the God that you know and you love. Knowing that he loves you more than you could ever love him knowing that he holds you with his righteous right hand and that he will never let you go, knowing that even though there are times your mind gets mixed up because of your life's experiences and you think God is like somebody else you've known, he's nothing like that, and you get back to the truth that he loves you and he always has and he redeemed you and he holds you, you can be thankful in the midst of trouble. That's why. And I'm thankful that a hundred years ago God chose to raise up this church. I I'm thankful that I got to be a part of it. I'm thankful that I I'm getting to know a lot of you. I was thinking about it today. I I remember two years ago I was just talking onto the cell phone on the COVID or whatever it was. You know, I guess it wasn't right now, but but a little later than. 2020, and I. It took a long time before I really knew who a lot of people were. I'm still working on some of it, but uh, I know a lot of you. I've gotten to know you, and that's been very precious to me. That's a very special thing that the Lord gives us, and I'm thankful for that. God has been good to us. Be So this whole year, we're going to celebrate, because God is good. We're going to celebrate, and we're going to be thankful, and we'll be reminded of what God has done and how He has used this church to declare the gospel and to build up people for His ministry. And we're going to hear from different ones. And so today, I'm going to ask Ray Hens to come on up with me. Some of you know Ray, some of you don't. But uh, Ray's going to tell us how this church has been used by God in his life. All right, Ray, let us have it. (laughs) Oh, get you on here. Are you on? Not yet. Okay. I know you have trouble with technology, Ray. I know. (laughs) He's the tech guy.
1: (laughs) Hey, good morning, and it's good to be here. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to give you a little perspective on just how... God used us, and especially in missions with this Keep church. Keep your mic close to your mouth. Yes, right? and me, used us in missions with this church and just the heart. And so um, a verse that just came to mind and thinking through the testimony and everything was Matthew 9, 37, 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And I just think this church has embodied that and just having a heart for not only locally, but the nations. And um, just in coming to community, we came because of missionaries. Um, they reached out to us, and they they, they love this church, and they brought us here, and as part of the youth group, and the youth group, when we were there, just encouraging us as students to be the light to our fellow students and peers. Um, we've had, at one point, I think we had 150 students coming from Northern, Carlisle, CV. Wow. The youth group was exploding. We didn't know the, the, the I know the leadership didn't know where to go with, with the youth group because of how big it was, and it was just because of that heart for the harvest. Um, yeah, and then just also being here when I was growing up, just hearing the testimonies of other missionaries. Um, you have, like, the, the Mortons that are here now, and then the books, uh, the Tabers, just families that were faithful and to that call, and so that was just always an encouragement uh, to me as well, and so... Um, and really, Lord, used that to even start spurring us and our, our family towards missions um, and just the support we had. We had Brian, it took a year, and invested into Catherine and I and discipled us so that we could go into the harvest in Asia. And um, it's just been a blessing. And uh, the Lord's just used this church, and we just appreciate that. And uh, just um, something, just hearing the history here from Pastor Glenn speaking, Let's let's be thankful and praise the Lord for those last 100 years. Um, and how he's accomplished the mission through this church. Um, but let, let's let that spur us on and encourage us to be, more, to be faithful and continue that, sending workers in the harvest and reaching the harvest ourselves here at Community in Carlisle and the surrounding area. All right, hold on just a minute. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Ray uh, and his family uh, are now serving in East Asia. Actually, uh, he is um, an area director. You have to take care of a lot of people, don't you, over there? Right. They're
1: probably pretty wild ones you have to deal with, too. You a few squirrely ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you was one of them over yeah, there. Yeah. Somebody was trying yeah, to take we, care of you, yeah, so yeah, now we, you got to do we, it. We probably were one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, Ray and Catherine and their kids are us over there. We're together. And uh, what a blessing to see how God has raised you up out of this fellowship Serve and I know he's done that with others. And uh, but they're heading back. Matter of fact, it's this week you travel back, right? Thursday, we leave Thursday to me. head back to
1: Asia. Mm-hmm. All right, how long is the plane ride? Uh, f- yeah, it's gonna be about 24 25 hours when, we're, when we finally land over, over in Asia.
0: It sounds like a celebration 24 <laughs> hours on an airplane, <laughs> doesn't it? Man, I ain't gonna lie.
1: Ay-y-y-y-y-y.
0: Yeah, okay. And and three young kids. What's your kids' ages? So we got nine, seven, and four. Nine, yeah. seven, and four. You all ready to kind of do that? Yeah. It takes a little bit of commitment, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. But yet, you got a heart that Jesus wants you to be there. And that's why you're gone. Yeah. So let's pray for Ray and his family as they go this week. Lord Jesus, thank you for Ray and Catherine and their children. Thank you for uh, the impact that this church has been used by you to have on their lives, and thank you that they are serving you, uh, Lord, to bring the gospel to those who don't know. Bless uh, them in their travels this week, that there would be safety and protection and, and smooth travels, and I pray also, Lord, uh, for continued establishment in their work now uh, in, in the uh, Eastern Asian region. And just bless them, Lord, as they uh, oversee and encourage other missionaries. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. You know, Ray was a gift from God to us during COVID, too. They had to come back from China. Uh, I'm not sure all the reasons that happened, but one of them was so he could help us with our tech stuff and get us up online. So uh, I'm glad that that happened. So thank you, Ray. So here we are in 2023. May we follow Jesus as Lord. May we let him be our strength and security. May we have a growing faith, a living faith in Christ, because he is alive, and he's in us, and may we overflow with thanksgiving. May the work of God continue here, and more and more, may we be those who are called and sent to a world that needs to know Christ. May we be loved by God, because He wants to do that, but by each other, too, because He wants it to happen between us. That's a sign of life in Christ. May we be changed, challenged, and sent out for Jesus. Let's pray. We thank you, our Father, for this day of celebration. We thank you for your presence with us all the time. We thank you that you are committed to our growth. (laughs) Forgive us where we have not been. We've gotten distracted at times, but that you are always the same and you are at work here today. May we let Jesus be Lord day by day in our lives personally and our lives corporately here at Community. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.